Hi, I'm Stu Baca, and I'm a Gen X grown-up, and I support Gen X grown-up on Patreon, and you should too at patreon.com slash genxgrownup. Drawn and Paneled is the comic book showcase podcast from Gen X Grown-Up. Every Wednesday, we bring you news, reviews, interviews, insight, and commentary on the comic books we love from the golden age to the modern age. Welcome back, Drawn and Paneled podcast listener, to episode 8 of the Drawn and Paneled podcast. With me, as always, today is Jason. Hey, everybody. We've got some more listener email to discuss, Jason. I love listener email. What did our fine listener say about us this time? Well, this time the email comes from Professor Allen, and he writes, Jason and George, I enjoyed your recent back issue episode with Joel Rodriguez, where you discussed Spawn number one. To my taste, a lot of the stereotypical 90s image titles have not held up, but I have always had a soft spot in my heart for Spawn. Heaven and Hell, Demons and Angels, and Superheroes, I love stories about all of that stuff. And as you mentioned, Todd McFarlane is just as impressive, maybe more so, as a businessman than as a comic book artist. I think that he's gotten a lot more mileage out of one creation, considering comics, animation, toys, or movies, than any other comic creator. And he was one of the early leaders in the creator-owned movement. I think sometimes he gets overlooked, but is very important person in the modern history of comics. Keep up the good work, fellas. Well, thank you very much, Professor Allen. And George, I don't know about you, but I I think I agree with what he said about um, our good work, but also what he said about Todd (laughs) McFarlane as well. Yeah, I mean, we're definitely trying to do our best. And Todd McFarlane is one of the giants of the comic book industry. Everybody knows and loves him. And Spawn is certainly one of the large properties in the independent comic movement. And that's why we talked about it in the last Back Issue segment. So let's jump right into this new episode and start talking all about the fun stuff we're going to do today. All right, let's get to it. Spider-Man and his amazing friends, Iceman and Firestar. Hey there, Drawn and Panel podcast listener. I want to take just a second to tell you about something you didn't know you were missing. I'm John, and along with Mo, hey everybody, and George, hey, how's it going, guys? We are Gen X Grown Up. Gen X Grown Up is a website, YouTube channel, and audio podcast by and for Generation Xers, kids of the late 70s and early 80s who may have grown older but have refused to grow up. Every week on our podcast, we cover media, games, tech, toys, comics, games, and pop culture of yesterday and today through the eyes of guys who grew up loving that stuff. And every other week, we do a backtrack where we pick a single nostalgic topic from our youth and dig in deep. You can find us anywhere you listen to your podcasts or find us right on our website at genxgrownup.com. If you're a Generation Xer or know someone who is, I hope you'll check out Gen X Grown Up. All right, fans, it's time for the news. <laughs> you went low key with that one. I today. went low key. I was trying to catch <laughs> you off guard. <laughs> George, we've talked about Black Panther quite a bit off and on since Comic Sans. I know we talked about it a year ago, mm-hmm. and that was when the movie was coming out. Sure, absolutely. Well, the Oscar nominations have come out, and Black Panther is nominated for Best Picture at this year's Oscars. I did see that. If I'm not mistaken, this may be the first comic book film 
that was nominated for a Best Picture. Am I right about that? Uh, you are correct. It's the first superhero comic book movie to be nominated for a Best Picture, so it's quite a feat. It's very akin to back in the day when you had the Lord of the Rings. I believe it was Return of the King was the one that was nominated for Best Director, Best Picture, some you know, a whole bunch of different things. And before that, you didn't have fantasy films being nominated for that category. And I think it's progressing along with the times that we've had all these great films, and they finally the Academy said, you know what? We need to go ahead and recognize this whole genre of movies. So what's the best one to come out this year? Obviously black Panther was a super huge favorite. It did all kinds of crazy box office had great ratings. So of course that's the one you're going to nominate for best picture out of this year. Right. It was a important film. It got a lot of people to the movies and there was a lot of effort and love went into the film and you can see that on the screen. So it's a worthy addition. Yeah, definitely. Now, one piece of news that I wanted to talk a little bit about, one of my favorites, one of my all-time guys, so to speak, George Perez has officially announced his retirement. I saw that. Yes. It's sad, but at the same time, you know, he's got a life to live and probably wants to do some other things. I know he's had some health issues and, you know, it's a certain point you have to, I guess, move on to. It's probably time to hang up the pencil, so to speak. There has been plenty of times when he stepped away from doing conventions and then come back and done a couple here and there. But we wish George Perez all the best. He's obviously one of the icons of comic book lore, the Silver Age, the Bronze Age, for sure. He definitely helped shape a lot of the properties that we all know and love today. George Perez, our hat's off to you. We're happy that you're going off into the sunset on top. And we look forward to seeing how your legacy endures. Also, I don't know if you've been looking at the news, George, but our state of Florida has made some headlines. When doesn't Florida make headlines in national news? Seems like every time there's something crazy happening, it happens in Florida. What happened this time? This time it's not super crazy, but it's still uh, not not a good sign for Florida. A Florida man was arrested in conjunction with a $1 million comic book heist. Oh, wow. A million dollar? Was it like a whole big collection of books or just a few key issues? What happened? Well, they found a warehouse with over 400 comic books. He okay. had gone to Arizona and tried to sell some books at a comic book store in Arizona. A couple times it didn't work out for him. He went back home to Florida uh, the authorities were alerted because it was sort of suspicious. Also, a couple weeks ago, a big collector in Florida had reported that some of his comic books that were worth in the millions were stolen. Oh, so they t- put two and two together, I guess, right? Yeah, so this guy was caught. Uh, so as far as I've seen, the the comics haven't been returned yet, but this guy's under investigation uh, it's, it's unfortunate when that kind of stuff happens, but also the comic community kind, kind of came together and was on the lookout for this sort of thing. So that's uh, one aspect, you know, positive aspect is that the collectors were looking out for each other. Sure, absolutely. Well, one of the last pieces of news that I want to bring up today, there is a new, I guess it's going to be a TV series now called The Boys. It's based off of a comic book. What I found interesting was this is one of these TV shows that's going to get picked up by what you might consider an alternative network. I believe this one's going to be on Amazon, but it's another Seth Rogen find. So Seth Rogen, who also did Preacher. Right. 
and brought that one to us on the TV screen. He's bringing this new series called The Boys. The way that I read the synopsis and I went out and watched the trailer and that was introduced this week. And I found out a little bit about this comic series. It it lives in a world of comic book superheroes, but the superheroes are very jaded and full of themselves and corrupt because of their popularity. And so there is a governmental agency who polices them and enforces rules on them. And that's what it's all based on. Uh, I've haven't read the comic book. I I know people that love it. I've flipped through it before. Uh, This should be a wild show. I don't know if they'll get to the level of violence that's in the actual comic book, but it's a pretty graphic book. But still, from what I understand, a lot of fun, a lot of action, some really good characters. So it should be interesting to see uh, once this debuts on uh, Amazon Prime. Well, I did read one blurb that said this is going to out preacher preacher. So... Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be wild. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to watch it. The medicine man was right, Apache Chief. Your 50 feet of good are now matched by my 50 feet of evil. (laughs) Huckleberry Comics is a publisher working on creating the most innovative and unique graphic novels, one-shots, manga, tabletop games, and even eventually video games. Right now, we're working on getting ready to launch Dream State Radicals, a project which has taken 18 artists over two years to create. It's a gritty sci-fi thriller in the vein of Deuce X, Blade Runner, Detroit, and so many more. It's an awesome graphic novel with tons of free concept art, and will be launching on Indiegogo early 2019. Follow us on Twitter, at HuckleberryDSR, like us on Facebook, or check out our website to learn more. Gentlemen, it's time to get into our roundtable. This is a segment of the show where we like to pick a few books, dive in deep into them, and share them with our listeners. And today, our special guest panelist joining us is Justin Ryan, the creator of Trespasser, a comic book from Alterna Comics, which has just recently been optioned for a media deal. Justin, how are you doing today? Hey, dude. I'm doing good. How about you? Doing pretty good. <laughs> so tell us a little <laughs> bit about Trespasser. We've reviewed Trespasser on Comic Sans. We That's really right. enjoyed the book. It was a nice, it was a four-part series, really fun, interesting take on the whole alien invasion, apocalyptic storyline. We really enjoyed it. Tell us a little bit oh, about yeah. Trespasser. Uh, well, Trespasser uh, originally started as just a one-shot uh, that we were just going to do as like an 18-page black and white short story. Um, more or less just kind of to, to have something out there to, to prove that we could produce it. But once we once we produced the first issue and sent it in, uh, Peter Samedi, who is the uh, the founder of Alterna Comics the, uh, and the current owner, he wanted us to expand it into the four-issue series. So we went back and, and rewrote it. I found Christian Rossi online. Uh, that was a godsend. Uh, it is, he has made the book what it is. And uh same for our, our letterer and designer, DC Hopkins, who, who does the lettering and the, uh, the logo. I liked a lot of the stuff that you did mm-hmm. in the book. We talked about it in our Comic Sans video YouTube series over on Gen X Grown Up. There was a lot of nice little hidden details that you had to read the book a couple of times mm-hmm. to pick up on them. Like um, we talked about the fifth leg of the dog. That was a big <laughs> yes, one. Yes, I remember the dog. Yes. Yeah, you, yeah, guys, uh, um, you guys actually missed a leg. There are six legs. <laughs> There were six legs. Oh, there wow. six, I missed one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there were other cool little things too, like the ribbon hanging off the knife and the blood dripping and all this. It was just a really smart four part series in that 
panels paid homage to previous panels. And it also, it was kind of like you set it up as though it was going to be a walking dead type story at the beginning. You know, there's a father and a daughter living out in the middle of the wilderness or in the woods on their own kind of, and you could tell there's been an apocalyptic event that's happened, but you don't really go into that very much. But then all of a sudden it takes a whole alien visitation invasion twist, which was really cool. And then you turn that into cannibalism of all. Yes. Things. I mean, well, not really cannibalism because they're not the same race, but yeah. us l- eating another sentient creature, so to speak, it was crazy. Crazy. Yeah, and uh, a lot of that just kind of grew out of the idea of an, of an alien, which is normally, you know, an, an invader, uh, a, a threat, uh, instead being in kind of a bad position compared to our hero and, uh, you know, how, how humanity would respond to a an alien that might need our help rather than is, is there to attack us. Well, he didn't get much help from our uh, heroes in the book. <laughs> no. <but laughs> well, and I'm not calling that guy a hero either, yeah. but you know, he was trying to survive, but hero might be too big a word. Yeah, that is, that is definitely not the most apt description. <laughs> Justin, um, I really enjoyed the book and I really admired the way that your dialogue and script went so well with the art. Um, it looked like a lot of time and effort went in, into to the collaboration. Uh, with you and the rest of your creative team, did y'all get together in person and work on the book or was it just all um, correspondence through, you know, email, telephone calls, that sort of thing? Uh, it's actually pretty much all done through email. Um, you know, we're kind of scattered across North and South America. So um, okay. it's... We, we've never met in person, uh, but have, oh, wow. have pretty much just com- conferred through email through the book. And then and then we've spoken since on, uh, you know, podcast and interviews and stuff, you know, like like we are here now. One thing I wanted to ask you, too, Justin, we mentioned this during our video review, and I keep plugging that because we enjoyed the book so much. So for those of you out there listening, stop by Gen X Grown Up, search for Trespasser on the channel, and you'll be able to find that review as part of the Comic Sans series. I was really intrigued by the last few panels in the last book. It appeared as though you were setting it up as though it could have a sequel to the story or an ongoing continuation. Is that something that was intentional? Did you want to leave that open so that you could come back to the universe or did you decide to just write it off at that point? And this was just kind of a fun way to do it. Um, I think at the point I wrote it, I, I didn't really... The intention wasn't to leave it open, although that was certainly a uh, a pleasant side effect. But it, it also it felt like the ending of that story to me, and also conveniently works as a uh, as a potential lead in if if we ever decide to return to that world. Um, there has been some discussion on that. Uh, we I, I'm not really particularly interested in doing a direct sequel, um, but we've discussed doing a, a sort of like anthology mm-hmm. um which mm, would have a series okay. of short stories uh that would, all stuff that centers in the sound in the same world i guess the same universe yeah some some of it would you know touch on on what happened to the characters in in that time jump in the last you know between the, the end of issue four and the epilogue and others focusing gotcha. on you know elsewhere in the world and other characters okay very cool looking forward to that Now, we talked a little bit about it at the beginning of your introduction. This has been optioned for a media deal. Can you give us any of the details as far as what's going on with that, what the plans are for it? Um, Have you been in contact with the people who have bought the rights to your property? 
Uh, I'm really fascinated by that thing. We have a lot of our guests who come on. We have mm-hmm. Scout, Caliber Comics, all these people. And the comic world is just getting optioned left and right for all these different properties because, in all honesty, I think Hollywood is run out of ideas and they're coming <laughs> to you guys to find the new stories. What's been going on with that for you? Um, well, I think you. I think you've got got the right of it there that they are definitely looking to kind of outsource ideas. Um, and I think comics are a great source of that. Uh, you, you see a lot more unique ideas in, in comics and novels than you, than you generally see in, in the theater these days. So basically the, the way it's worked out is um, we have Jason Fuchs, who was one of the uh, screenwriters for Wonder Woman. Okay. Awesome. Oh, Nice. He is attached as a uh, producer currently, along with one of the staff writers uh, for season three of True Detective. Uh, oh, excellent. Yeah. And uh, so they're really just kind of putting together their uh, their script, um, their take on it. And then uh, we'll see what comes of it from there. So when that happens, do they consult with you to ask you about the universe or do they just come up with their own thing based off the comic book that they've read? Um, I, I imagine for the most part, they're going to be doing their own thing, although I'm certainly open to any consultation if they have any questions or want my input on anything. Um, but I, again, it's rather difficult with them all being in L.A. and me being in Florida <laughs> to you right. know, communicate that well. Um, so it's it's an option, but it, for the most part, uh, I, I imagine it's going to be their their creation. Well, it'll be really interesting to see how it develops, and we'll definitely keep tabs. Now, before we get out of the roundtable, we've still got a couple other books that we want to talk about. Jason, you brought a very interesting out there book to the roundtable this week. Why don't you tell everybody about it? I brought Middle West from Image Comics. It's There's three issues out already. It's by Scotty Young, who a lot of people know Scotty Young from his uh variant covers for Marvel that he does the baby versions of all the superheroes. Oh, okay. The pew pew stuff. Gotcha. (laughs) Yeah, he does that and he's really good at it. But when he does his own stuff and his own, you know, draws in his kind of own style, it's very interesting. And Middle West is definitely one of those books. It's about a young kid in the Middle West that uh, he's got some issues. He's got a, a dad that's more or less kind of abusive anger issues. It's not more or less. He's straight he's up. Straight abusive. up. Yeah. He's, he's not <laughs> yeah. a great guy. Uh, we find out a little bit more about him in issue three though. And he's got some kid, you know, some friends that probably aren't the best influences. And then a talking Fox. That's kind of a mentor, but. Mm-hmm, like a Jiminy cricket. There's yes. even a reference at one point. You might want to get yourself a cricket instead. <laughs> right. Yeah. That I don't know how great of a mentor the fox is either, but right. <laughs> it's a really out there book. I still haven't quite figured out what's going on. You know, he seems to be connected to some other kind of mystical power. He leaves home after a really monstrous storm hits. He encounters a wizard. He's get chased by some cannibalistic characters they encounter a troll or some kind of giant in issue three and he's got like a mark on his chest that keeps growing but it's interesting art really vibrant bright colors it's kind of an interesting take on the fantasy world i don't know if you've gotten a chance to read it george 
Well, I have, but before we get into my synopsis of the book, I was going to ask Justin, have you had a chance to read this book as well, Justin? Uh, yes, I did. What did you think? Um, I agree with Jason. I, I thought it was very interesting, um, especially the the setting that it takes place in. Um, you can tell that it's very similar to to Earth, to the American Midwest, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. but, but definitely with an infusion of, of magic to it that, that kind of recreates it entirely. You can also tell that this is the world that the characters are used to living in. Nobody bats an eye at the talking fox or the uh, right. The bird yeah, good animal. point. Right. Yeah. So I think that's that's definitely been the most interesting part to me has been a uh, kind of figuring out the the world and and also seeing how the uh, the scars that the that the boy has compared to. It seemed like in the third issue we saw that the father had similar mm-hmm. writing. Right, so, so you can kind of see that as like his anger passing on to his child. And, and you, you wonder if the boy is going to grow up to be like his father because of that. Yeah, it definitely paralleled a lot of real life storylines, right? The Middle West is definitely synonymous with the Midwest. There's even a section at the end of issue number one where the creator talks about growing up in that environment in his own childhood mm-hmm. and how he wanted to create a story based in that environment, which I found was very interesting. He thought of the environment as the basis for the story, or as opposed to, say, the characters, which is what most of us think about when creating a story. I also enjoyed like you were talking about the different mysticisms in part, because to me, it was almost as though the creator was going back to his childhood and imagining all those worlds in book number one, you know, he's delivering papers because that's part of his job and everything that he has as a young man. And then his friends want to take him off to go play some video games. And I started to notice that it's from that point forward that you start to see some of the mysticism really develop. And it's kind of, what would have happened to me as a child as my imagination took flight during a day of activity with my friends, we would have gone outside and we would have started playing. And then we would have been doing like, you know, soldiers in the Mm -hmm. sand kind of stuff with a little green army man, or we would have gone and played some video games. And it's your imagination that makes all of those events and those memories. It's your imagination that really drives how magical those things are. And I think that's, what the creator was trying to get across in this book. And I think he did a really good job of it so far. Oh yeah. It's, it's been, it's been fun. And I've really liked the character designs, like the way the wizard looked and the way the cannibals on the train looked uh, is some really creative um, takes on fantasy type characters. Yeah. Not the stereotypical stuff you're used to seeing. No, absolutely not. George, what uh, what have you been reading that you want us to talk about today? I know Middle West was a little bit out there, and we started mm-hmm. off with Trespasser, which was apocalyptic alien invasion stuff. But the book that I've been reading lately that is totally blowing my mind, and I'm still not sure if I like it or not, is called The Seeds. Okay, This yeah. is a twisted really weirdly drawn book. It's got like the art style is almost like pastel watercolor style. I don't really know how to describe it. And then it's definitely set in a futuristic world where technology is on one side of the wall, so to speak. And there's an actual wall that divides the two parts of the main environment. And then on the other side of the wall, apparently there's no technology allowed. So some people live on one side of the wall with no technology. Other people live on this side of the wall with all the technology. It seems to be talking a little bit about the good and evils of technology to an extreme. But there's also alien invasion stuff going on. There's this weird collection going on as well. And then there's even 
a couple of allusions in the first two issues to the reason why the aliens are there collecting the seeds of humanity, so to speak, mm-hmm. is because the earth is about to end. I read this and I, I'm, I'm with you. It's very interesting. And uh, the art style is interesting. I haven't decided how much I like it. it it's but it, it keeps me in. <laughs> it keeps me plugged in. Yeah, there's a lot about technology. The alien stuff is very odd. And, and especially a lot of the images of the different animals on the earth, like the bees, we keep seeing a lot of bees, mm-hmm. uh, pigs, turtles, all this kind of stuff. Um, also, it also focuses on the media too. you know, there's it follows a, a reporter trying to get a story. Mm-hmm. Um, and they even drop some popular terms like fake news and stuff like that around. So it is definitely an interesting read. Justin, have you been able to check this one out? Uh, yeah, I read the first two issues. Um, and I, th- I think it's really one that I'm going to have to read all of it to really form an opinion on. Um, I've certainly been engrossed in the, in the two issues I've read now, but it deals with uh, – as you guys have mentioned, a lot of themes and mm-hmm. um, a lot, a lot of different moving parts, and it's really in how they're all going to come together that's going to going to really make or break the story for me. What I find interesting about this series is that it looks like they're just going to do four issues, and in the first two issues, it feels to me like it's still just beginning. I don't know how they're going to wrap this whole thing up in that limited run if that's what's going to happen. Yeah, we'll we'll see. It may be something that they they do a four issue series on, and then later do another four issue kind of explain you know expanding the universe. But we'll see what happens. Justin, so you read the book. You want to read the whole thing once it comes out. Is there any part of it, though, as a creator, like, say, maybe the art or the dialogue or anything that you picked up on that you liked or disliked? Um, As far as the writing goes, I have really enjoyed all the characters. They seem to be really well thought out and interesting. Each one of them uh, is you know, definitely kind of has a unique voice and their own, you know, motivations and reasons for doing what they do. I, I haven't, I haven't wondered about any of the characters, you know, motivations. None of them have made any, well, they've made some bad decisions, but they made sense <laughs> for who they are and, right. and what they're after. Um, the art, I, again, I, I'm going to have to kind of see where, where it's all going to judge whether the art style, uh, I've been familiar with, uh, I'm not sure how to say his last name, but David Asia's work uh mm-hmm. from you know like hawkeye and stuff like that where it's very right. stylish and vibrant and cool and uh and then reading this it's it seems like it's intentionally going the exact opposite direction um every sure. page is kind yeah. of laid out on a grid uh you know the panels are just either nine or six or, or whatever they are but they're they don't change shape they, they don't change placement um, the, the style is almost black and white, uses very little in color. And in fact, it might not even yeah, use it's any like now that just I'm just a green it. hue to it almost. That's yeah. about it. Right. So it, it seems like they're definitely going for something. And uh, I think we'll have to wait and see if it lands. I think I'm with you, Justin, that I'm going to have to wait and see how the whole series plays out before I can give a final judgment. In the great hall of the Justice League, there are assembled the world's four greatest heroes. Created from the cosmic legends of the universe. Is the world of today getting you down? Well, then why not check in on some of the good stuff that happened this week in movies, TV, games, and more 30, 20, and 10 years ago this very week with our show 302010. You may have seen 
NBC's TV movie, A Twist of Fate. A Nazi who became a Jew and for decades he got away with it. How could you do it? Ben Cross, Veronica Hamill, Twist of Fate. Premier Sunday. Yeah. A Nazi who became a Jew. If we... Oh my God, it's the reverse Stephen Miller story. <laughs> if we hadn't had... And now I have to see it because like the scene where they show him like a Nazi who became a Jew, that little clip on the YouTube video... <laughs> Is like the Joker's transition. Oh, he had plastic. The had story plastic, is he had plastic surgery. So what plastic surgery did you have, my <laughs> yeah, friend, to make yourself look more specific. Jewish? Be <laughs> specific. Just a just a Nazi trying to do the right thing. Jump into the past with 302010 every Thursday on LaserTimePodcast.com or iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Five, four, three, two, one. Now we've come to the time in the show where we talk about what we're picking up this week on New Comic Book Day. And as always, we start with our guest. Justin, what are you picking up or what have you been reading lately that you'd like our audience to know about? Uh, Well, generally, I wait for trades. Um, I don't really have a comic store close to me, so I I don't generally buy, you know, a week to week issue to issue series. Mm -hmm. Um, That said, there are some great Alterna comic books coming out uh, this week. I think there's uh, the In Case You Missed It in print. um, Mm, Yeah, I saw that. Issue one of Mr. Crypt. Yep. Uh, as well as the actual Roger in Unit 44. I've also tried to keep an eye on Kickstarter from time to time, and uh, I backed a book called Miskatonic High uh, last night, which is, uh, I can't remember the name of the creative team on it, but it's kind of like an HP Lovecraft meets Ooh. Oh, that like high cool. school drama kind of thing. Uh, a little bit in the same vein as like the chilling adventures of Sabrina and, and that okay. kind of stuff that's been coming out lately. Nice. Jason, what about you? This week, I've got a few that I've got my sights on. Bone Parish number six, which we've talked mm, about yeah. before on the show. I think a we're new, both grabbing that book. Yes. A new one from Dark Horse called Word. Another Dark Horse book, Fight Club 3, number one. This is Wait by- a minute. You're just, I think all you did was look at my list. What the hell? That's like all the books on my list, man. <laughs> well, I had mine up for first, and then I think you copied me, George. No. Uh, uh-uh. <laughs> well, you know what they say, great minds think alike. Or people who steal. Either way, uh, okay. it still works. <laughs> what else? Yeah. Uh, Skyward number 10 that's a fun image book and then Zenimer mm. volume 1 from Scout Comics so if you like dragons and the apocalypse you get to talk all about the fun books first we're going to change the order next week where I get to go first <laughs> okay that's not right <laughs> well well, George what are you picking up this week well obviously I'm picking up half of your list this mm. week so I am going to grab Bone Pair 6 I'm going to grab you called it Word I was calling it Wired I'm not really sure which way the pronunciation goes I'm going to pick that one up, number one. Weird. (laughs) So there's like three different (laughs) possibilities here. (laughs) Uh, Fight Club number three did look interesting to me. I didn't read either of the first two volumes, but I really love that film. So when I saw that coming out, I'm going to grab that. I am also going to grab Star Trek The Q Conflict number one. And the reason why I want to grab that Q is one of my favorite all-time next-gen characters. And this one looks like the Q continuum is going to be causing havoc. And all four Star Trek main captains are going to have to come in to save the day. So you've got Captain Kirk, you've got Picard, you've mm-hmm. got Cisco, you've got Janeway. Everybody's coming in to try and save the universe sort of thing. Oh, wow. Cool. A couple of books from our friends over at Scout Comics are on the list to come out this week. It's always kind of interesting whether yes. or not Diamond actually ships them. But Oblivion number five 
five and shadow play number one, which is set in the stabity bunny universe, which is really kind of cool. Uh, there was an ash can that was given out um, probably two or three months ago, and I really liked it. So this is the first full issue. I'm really looking forward to that. And then finally, one of my favorite video games of all time, which just released recently, the latest episode of its second series, Life is Strange number two, actually has their issue number three comic book coming out this week. So I'm going to be grabbing that as well. Oh, awesome. Deep within a bleak and dismal swamp, hidden beneath its murky waters, lies the headquarters of the most sinister villains of all time. A Legion of Doom. Have you ever wondered what it would be like if Toy Story was a slasher? What if Peter Pan required a sacrifice to get into Neverland? The Dusk County Chronicles, the first official release from Metal Ninja Studios, is set for release in mid-2019. It's a horror parody mini-anthology that takes your favorite childhood stories and dreams and twists them into nightmares. This comic is perfect for anyone who loves reliving the stories of their youth while also seeing them in a new light. Visit MetalNinjaStudios.com slash GenXGrownUp to read the first two stories and sign up to get notified first when the comic comes out in mid-2019. If anything in this episode has piqued your interest, we put links in the show notes you can click on to find out more. Catch up on past shows and be alerted every week when a new one drops by subscribing to us wherever you get your podcasts. We love to hear from our podcast listeners, so email your thoughts, suggestions, questions, ideas, or complaints on this or any other episode to podcast at drawnandpaneled.com. And that will wrap it up for another edition of the Drawn and Paneled podcast. Before we get out of here today, Justin, I want to thank you for joining us on the show and give you an opportunity to tell all the people out there how they can find Trespasser and any other alternative books that they would like to grab. Thank you for having me. And um, I would recommend checking out the uh, Etsy shops for either Alterna itself or the uh, individual creators. If you can't find them at your local comic book shop, they're also available on Amazon or through several other third-party retailers, Barnes and Noble. But uh, of course, if you buy directly from the creators, you get sometimes get you know cool little goodies. Very cool. Well, we will be back again in two weeks with our regular edition of our podcast. But next week, we're going to come back at you with our back issue edition of the Drawn and Panel podcast. Jason, what are we going to be talking about? A few weeks ago, we talked about a big crossover event from the 80s from Marvel. Well, this time, we're going back to the 80s, but doing DC with their big event of the time, Crisis on Infinite Earths. That's going to be a fun one. Very dense, very long, limited series. So that'll be a fun one to get into. As always, Jason, thank you so much for being here. That was my pleasure. Justin, you going to join us again next week? Yes, I will. All right. And we will see you guys next time. See you guys later. This podcast is an affiliate of the GWW Radio Network. Visit Geeks Worldwide at thegww.com for news, reviews, and opinions on video games, comics, TV, cosplay, and more. Are you tired of seeing your teen or young adult struggle on a path that clearly isn't the right fit? Is your teenager confused about which direction to take after high school? The future of work is changing rapidly. 
and our kids need to know all of the options available after high school so they're empowered to make the choice that is best for them. In each episode, we explore the latest trends that are shaping the opportunities of today and tomorrow. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell, and this is the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast.